1: Hey, everybody, it's Craig and
0: Andrew from Overdue, the podcast about the books you've been meaning to read.
1: Yeah, but we're not here to talk about us. Uh, we no, wanted to for sh- once, <laughs> for once. We wanted to share a new podcast with you that we think you'll love.
0: Yeah. Uh, Glory Adams started a book club called Well Read Black Girl in 2015. And since then, it's exploded into a passionate worldwide reading community. Now she's launching the Well-Read Black Girl podcast, the literary kickback you never knew you needed.
1: Now on the show, Glory has deep, honest conversations with authors of color about the art, craft, and power of the written word. Uh, you'll hear from luminaries like Toronto Burke, Britt Bennett, Nita Hill, and more about how they found their voice, honed their craft, navigated the wild world of publishing, and composed some of the most impactful writing of the day.
0: You'll also meet black bookstore owners, literacy advocates, and well-read Black Girl Book Club members themselves. They talk about what they're reading and how they celebrate the legacies of literary women who pave the way.
1: So what we have for you is a preview of Glory's conversation with Korean-American author and teacher Min Jin Lee. Uh, Min talks about how reading can radicalize young people in a good way, and how through storytelling we can approach a new reality by creating a version of the world we want to see.
0: Radicalizing people in a good way is so, so important. It's really important. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Uh, So, we hope you enjoy this, and uh, you can hear more episodes of Well Read Black Girl wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Not only a, a phenomenal writer, you're also an incredible lawyer as well, and your trajectory has just had so many unconventional turns. Um, and you <laughs> but can we start at the beginning on how you even decided to write this story? How you even changed from being a lawyer to being a writer? What was that process like for you? Oh gosh i was I was twenty I was 20. No, I'm sorry. I was 25 when I was really unhappy as a lawyer. So I was a lawyer for one year. Wow. And then 26, I was still working really hard as a lawyer. (laughs) And then one day I got a really super hard assignment after finishing another super hard assignment. I had billed 300 hours in the office in a month. Mm -hmm. That means that you never, ever, ever go home. So I would go to work seven days a week. And then on Sunday morning, I would go to church and then I'd go right back to work. And Mm -hmm. I thought, this is insane. And then after I finished this assignment, the partner said to me, oh, you have another one. And then I just said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I was not prepared to quit, Glory. I was not prepared to quit. And then I wrote my first novel, which got rejected everywhere. I wrote a second novel, which was a precursor to Pachinko. And then I wrote another novel, which became Free Food for Millionaires, which I published in 2007. So I quit in 1996, no, no, 1995. Mm -hmm. And then I published in 2007, which means it took 12 years to publish a book. So when I seem grateful to have published two books, (laughs) it comes out of this space of it takes longer for us. It just takes longer for us. And I don't care if anybody wants to contradict me. It takes longer for women. It takes longer for women of color. It takes longer for people of color and women of color and white women. It, just, it takes longer if you don't have connections, mm-hmm. if you don't have powerful friends. And it's fine. You just keep going. You just keep going. Mm-hmm. But what motivated me to write Pachinko, which is my second book, was a story that I heard in college. And I carried that with me. Yeah, I I love the first line of Pinchingo. History has failed us, but no matter. And I'm thinking so much of the present moment and mm-hmm. the work that you do. As I mean, would you call yourself a historian? Do you feel like you sit and at that seat as a literary historian? Oh golly, you know that's a real honorific for me because. I have so much respect for history and for historians, but I think real historians, they are hampered and circumscribed by trying to literally document every single thing they want to say. I try to approach it like a journalist, historian, sociologist, anthropologist, and a little bit like a legal person. Mm -hmm. Because I'm so pissed about everything Like I'm so angry about everything around the world because I'm so disappointed. People don't think I'm an angry person (laughs) when they meet me, but inside I'm pissed. (laughs) I just want you to know that behind this smile, I'm really angry because I think things are so unfair. I think things are so unfair. And I think it's because I'm so attached to fairness for the world, for everybody that even when I'm really happy, there's a part of me that feels so heartbroken about the fact that There's so much poverty. And I'm also really upset about how people get away with and how things are so unfairly done. And I'm trying to figure out, well, how does my work as a writer approach that? What can I do to sort sort of create change? And somewhere along the line, I've decided that somehow telling stories, either in fiction or in nonfiction, we can approach a new reality. So even though I'm writing history for my second book, In a way, I'm actually creating a new version of the world that I want.
1: Thanks for listening to that preview of Well-Read Black Girl. You can, again, hear more episodes wherever you get your podcasts.